Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. And we're back. It's episode four of Ball vs. Life. Thanks to everyone that's tuned in thus far. Thanks to everyone that will continue to tune in. Um, we're doing our best to really kind of keep this a compelling listen. So we'll see how it goes this round. For episode four, let's start off with Jack, man. What's going on, man? Let's check in. Hey, what's up, guys? On Saturday, I hit up California Adventure. Didn't get to hit up Disneyland because it's crazy packed there. Uh, I actually went to California Adventure for my for my birthday. So Ooh, birthday. I know, I know. Nice. You know, us us SoCal lifestyles here, we hit up theme parks for our birthdays. Uh, unlike uh, NorCal, what do you guys got up there? Great America? Trash. <laughs> hey, man, you know, we're not in, the, we're in the, the tech development industry here. We, we, we don't really preoccupy ourselves with entertainment too much, you know what I mean? There's only so much, uh, you know, the world can, uh, can provide, the Bay Area can provide. But real talk, though, actually, it's, uh, it's kind of nice. How's, how's California Adventure? Um, this time of the year, is it always packed in those those spots? Now, regardless of the time, dude, it's packed all the time. I don't think you can go to Disneyland without it being packed anymore, unless you go on a weekday. Um, especially with the weather turning nice now, it's like it was like eighty mm-hmm. degrees yesterday, and yeah, it was packed. California Adventure is great. It's kind of like for adults because they serve alcohol and stuff like that. Like I was grabbing a beer, just walking around the park, kind of getting mm-hmm. tipsy, which is really great yeah <laughs> you you're you're going to disneyland soon right in april yeah 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 we're gonna i mean it's gonna be a family trip so i think it's gonna be a little bit more kid-friendly um so we'll see how that 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 trip goes one one tidbit about california adventure i learned is last time i went there i was like i, I always like talking to like staff members you know because there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of like ushers and, and staff members. I was asking you, hey, like how? What's the difference between like California Adventure and and Disneyland? And I distinctly remember one uh, chick that was telling me like um, California Adventure, since it's newer, they've designed the park to be a little bit more uh, efficient and optimized with cr- crowd control. So next time you walk around, you'll notice like they're they've really thought out like you know how they can kind of chattel crowds out and be really efficient with all of the, you know, the people that are visiting through. I think that's one of the biggest appeals of California Adventure since it's not like a legacy resort like the old Disneyland. California Adventure has like a lot of new things, like new tech for like attractions, shit like that. And like, you know, and, and the, the there's always like a lot of new development. So I'm looking forward to that trip, dude. I think it's it's always fun. Dude, knowing you... You would chop it up with, with a Disney employee to get the inside information. But actually, that's a really interesting tidbit because I kind of agree with what you just said right now. It is, they do run it pretty smoothly there, um, crowd control and stuff yeah. like that. Even though there's a lot of people, it didn't really feel that way necessarily. Yeah. At Disneyland, sometimes when it's packed, it's just like, oh man, you just feel like you're in a mosh pit sometimes. Yeah, dude. Um, but with California Adventure, kudos, dude. Good looking out, finding that inf- downloading hey man, insider info. Whenever you travel, dude, that's the best way that you can really optimize your experience. Just don't go out it like like a, a freaking tourist and just experience. It. Just talk to people. At least that's how I like to. Damn, experience. you're calling me no, out. I'm not calling, <laughs> you're calling you me out, out specifically. I'm calling out anybody out there. You know, that's just the way it is. And I think you know it makes it much more fun and a much more interesting experience. So, what you been up to? 
Uh, not too much, bro. Like, uh, my butt hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my butt hurts. I don't want to. Uh, should we get into this? Does it, should this? Be no, 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 no. So, so for for proper context, uh, I've been nursing a, a butt injury. So not. Um, I I think it's it's a glute injury. It's not. It's kind of like not in the hamstring area, but a little bit higher, like in the 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 meaty part of the butt. And it's been a little bit hard for me to actually hoop um, just because we, we, we take for granted all the muscles that we kind of use, especially the butt. I mean, I use my butt a lot uh, playing like the big man, <laughs> big man game. But like <laughs> in terms of just being able to kind of post up, explode on a rebound, like I really have lost that. So I haven't been playing as much. I've been trying to kind of keep off playing, just trying to recover with this. I don't even really know how to, to get better. I've been trying to foam roll. I've been trying to kind of put some some heat on it, just trying to do many different um, treatment options. Um, so this like glute injury has really been bugging me. So I haven't really been able to play that much. Um, so it's it's kind of been bugging me. I'm really trying to get better. Um, so hopefully the rest can help me with uh, overall recovery so I can get, get back on the courts. Stupidly, though, I've been trying to play at least once a week. So I don't play on the weekends, but I've been playing on the weekdays. So that might really hamper my timeline for recovery. But I really got to get out there, man. It's just for those that don't know, uh, JC has a lot of junk in his trunk, and he's a big man, so his game is a lot of lower body. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all boxing out. So you get you get those hits in your yeah. ass <laughs> all the Think time. Big sexy Boris Diaw, if you need a visual. You know what I mean? That's that's the way that we kind of we, we kind of use. You got to use your tools out there, man. You got to use your tools. Um, with that said, um, since I haven't been playing ball in the weekends, I tried to you know tr- try to chill a little bit. So I was able to catch uh, Captain Marvel on the theaters. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it already, bro. But um, basically, nah. before the next big uh, I guess part in the series of the Infinity War saga continues i kind of want to get all of like the marvel um i don't know movies intro stories out there before i watch the main movie so i really made it a point to watch captain marvel and um i really didn't know what to expect because it's kind of a kind of an obscure character no one really knew about captain marvel i guess in general at least not the regular i guess population or whatever um but I was pleasantly surprised. Brie Larson did a good job um, sort of representing the character. I wouldn't consider her sort of a traditional superhero actress per se, but, you know, it's a good job. I guess a lot of it had to do with um, not really having a lot of context on the origin story. So I, got, I was able to get a little bit more value from a character compared to someone like the Hulk, right, where... If you've kind of been into comics, you had a little bit of an idea in terms of how the Hulk became the Hulk. I didn't know jack shit about yeah. Captain Marvel, so it was kind of interesting to kind of catch that. Worth a watch, in my opinion, if you're into that kind of thing. First of all, I take offense to you using jack shit. <laughs> uh, but secondly, <laughs> secondly, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about Captain Marvel, but I'm interested in, in checking it out. I haven't checked it out. I'm definitely going to. Uh, especially like you said it's it's leading up to infinity wait what's the infinity end game yeah infinity end game is like the next one it's yeah so i'm going to have to check it out um and we can talk about it next time when i when i actually watch the movie yeah but let's let's get into the 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 heart and soul of this podcast bay vs la socal perspective versus norcal perspective let's get it we're going to change it up a little bit yeah <laughs> we're going to we're going to do two quick hitters and one deep dive 
just to mix things up a little bit, be a little bit more concise. And we're going to give you more perspective from, from both sides of the, of, ca- of the, I was going to say coast, but it's not the coast. Uh, both sides of uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Northern versus Southern California, it is a coastal sort of rivalry kind of deal. And even That's though true. we're one state, man, perspectives really vary. Lifestyles really vary. So we really want to kind of hit that with, uh, with what we're trying to do with the pod. So hit us up with your first one, bro. Yeah, so let's start with the quick Bay story number one. I want to hit the Warriors' recent road trip struggles transitioning to success. So basically, prior to uh, this week, the Warriors were struggling. They lost a lot of sort of, you know, fringe games. I talked about it in the last pod. They lost to Miami and Orlando, which were really winnable games. Um, But this past week, the Warriors had a lot of big matchups. Um... They had uh, a big, big matchup against the Rockets, which happened a little bit earlier this week. And then um, they played the OKC Thunder um, this past, uh, or yesterday, Saturday, Saturday night, essentially. And basically, this is just like the first phase of the litmus test to see how the Warriors are going to be looking coming into the playoffs. Um, Within those two games, the Warriors actually swept those two games. They won a close game against the Rockets. I think they won by two. Um, without KD, um, and then they won a big blowout win against OKC, and I think they won by over 20 points, again, without KD. Um, So that's been one of the biggest discussions here in the Bay Area, just because given the struggles, there's been a lot of just, you know, question marks whether or not this team has what it takes to go all the way. So are you saying your team is better Um, without KD? Is that what you're trying to say right now? Uh, I'm not saying anything. I'm saying we're playing good right now. And I think we're rebounding from recent struggles. Um, I will say, though, that that's been a part of the discourse. There's been a little bit of discussion whether or not KD is, um, you know, is causing a little bit of the discord, whether or not it's his discontent or maybe his his playing style because he's very ISO heavy. There's been a lot of discussion whether or not um, this KD injury has kind of brought back the Warriors to their old formula where it's very Steph-centered and a lot of ball movement. Steph handles the ball a little bit more. There's less ISO and everybody gets involved. I won't lie, dude. It kind of reminds me of how it was pre-KD. And it's been fun to watch these past two games. And we we beat two legit contenders prior to these games everybody was talking up the rockets i think they had like a double digit winning streak and the thunder were doing pretty well as well so it's been interesting man and that's been uh something that we've been talking about here in the bay and it's it's been a good week well this is my take on this is the socal slash la take and from our perspective there's actually a mix i know a lot of people who are warrior fans because the Warriors have been successful, so it's easy to root for a Cali team to be like, oh, you know, um, when, when the finals comes, you want to root for a Cali team. So you have that section of LA fans that really root for the Warriors just because they're associated with California. And you have the other side of it where, you know, you have the Laker fan, Clipper fans, and they, don't, they could care less if the Warriors win. In fact, they root against the Warriors. As for me, I'm right smack dab in the middle. 
if there if that makes any sense <laughs> especially now that we have lebron it, it's it shifted me a little bit i mean i lived in the bay area for a while i actually rooted for the warriors when i was up there because i had the you know they were they were on the local telecast so i just i love basketball i just watch all the games watch a lot of games with you actually um, writing this down, Jack rooted for the Warriors. Okay, I got you. <laughs> that's that's a secret though. Let's I'll, I'll edit that out. But for for me, the the Warriors, the Rockets win was big uh, because the Rockets actually have owned the Warriors this season. So that was a big win, especially with all the talk that Demarcus Cousins his fit. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago. If he really fits into the Warriors system, and and that that Boston loss really kind of exposed Demarcus Cousins. They really targeted him on pick and rolls, um, <clears throat> like just running him off screens and action off him because he cannot rotate really quick. Uh, that was one of the things that I was really concerned about. And to be honest, I'm still concerned about. I do think the Warriors' mm-hmm. best that lineup still remains their, their Hampton Five, even though they've won the last couple games against contenders. Uh, I, I mean, they, yeah, against contenders without KD. It's still really important that... DeMarcus Cousins, can he truly adapt to the style of play? And when it comes to playoff time, will he be exposed? Because during the playoffs, the Rockets are going to feast on that matchup, even though they won. So that's that's my first yeah. take. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on it, to be honest. I'm- hey, all I can say is, like, Boogie had his best two games as a Warrior these past two games. Um, I understand your concerns defensively. But from an offensive standpoint, I guess, uh, given that he had more uh, possessions to kind of have the ball, he actually actually uh, has been doing a good job, uh, at least on the offensive standpoint. I do feel like um, he feasted on Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. Capella just couldn't body him. And he was, I mean, he had he had really good numbers. He had over 20 points good boards. I think he had like six assists. And defensively, I know you had a concern. He actually was playing a little bit better. I think um, other teams were able to scout him, but I think the team is making a little bit more adjustments, just trying to kind of um, compensate for some of his deficiencies. And I think a lot of it is always been a sort of a team effort anyway with the switching and all of that stuff i do think it is a concern it's a legitimate concern and we'll see um but the first litmus test has been a pass and uh, i'm looking forward to you know more progress and seeing how they can you know get kd back in the mix and make make all of this work out but it's been a good week yeah what about you bro yeah my cool la yeah my my thing i mean it's more laker pr nightmare stuff I don't know if people have been paying attention, but to give a quick update, Jeannie Buss has been kind of in the headlines recently. And that's actually pretty pretty abnormal because usually Jeannie Buss is kind of seen as a oh, the golden nugget for the Lakers, kind of untouchable in a certain way. People only talk about positive things when it comes to Jeannie Buss usually. But recently, some emails leaked out about her calling Steve Ballmer balls with a Z? I don't know. I saw the report. It said balls with a Z. That's how she wrote it in her email. And balls, like plural balls? Yeah, I guess plural balls with a Z. She's got to be cool like that, right? I mean, he hella bald, so I guess you could call him like multiple levels of bald balls with a Z, with a Z. And there's an interesting dynamic with that because the Lakers have been on a downward trend, especially this year Mm -hmm. where everyone was expecting for them to rise. They haven't been... And the Clippers actually have been performing well the past couple of years, and they've owned the matchup with the Lakers. 
So it's been an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic, even though Lakers are the premier team, and the fan base is still really the the demographic of fans is largely skewed towards the Lakers. But success-wise, it mm-hmm. hasn't been the Lakers. So in the email exchange, to sum it up, it was basically um, an MSG executive was e- was emailing Genie Bus talking about potentially moving to the forum um, after the Staples Center lease gets up for the Lakers. And these are huge, big deals for these teams. Uh, millions and millions of dollars on the line. But the Clippers, they're moving to Inglewood, very close to the forum. So once they kind of found out that news, Balmer broke that news, the Lakers and this, this exec were a little salty, which is why Genie Buzz kind of wrote that email of like, hey, you know, balls, Steve Balmer, he's going to get pretty much done like her brothers were done, where she ousted both of them or ousted her brothers because they weren't managing the team well. So it's kind of interesting. Dang, she's a savage, bro. I know, it's Game of Thrones, dude. It's Game of Thrones up here. She's like Queen Cersei. Hey, I misheard it. I thought you said balds, like B-A-D-L-D-Z, but it's balls like, oh, man. Yeah. It makes it even more funnier. (laughs) Interesting, interesting. I don't know. What what do you guys think in NorCal about this stuff? Well, I'll tell you this. No one heard about it in NorCal. (laughs) This is the first I've heard of it, and I kind of keep track of sports uh, pretty close. A little bit biased, obviously, for the NorCal perspective. But um, first I heard of it, I actually didn't. If anything, my my, my gut reaction is I didn't even know that the Clippers and the Lakers were kind of looking to – for other places outside of Staples, I feel like Staples is relatively new of a facility and it's actually, you know, it's a great facility. I've, I've been able to kind of visit once, um, not to watch a Laker game or Clipper game. So it's kind of surprising that other locations are an option. So if anything, I wasn't even focusing on the balls thing because it's just kind of funny, but like, I didn't know that. I, I mean, I was aware of like the the politics and the popularity of the Lakers and the Clippers being sort of a little brother down there. Um, but if anything, that's what kind of resonated with me. Um, and interestingly, with Genie um, uh, from the Bay Area, I, I guess overall we kind of knew that she was just kind of like a leader. She was a little bit more high profile of of an owner in general. She's been kind of discussed, um, but for the most part. My perspective with her was just been hands off. So I guess it is kind of surprising to hear that she would be engaged with some gamesmanship with other sort of executives regarding Balmer. And it's just, I guess the competition goes past even the hardwood and everybody kind of really reps their organization. So I do think it's interesting um, that it's a part of it. But in a bigger sense... Um, we have our own problems up here, and I'll be discussing that in the other takes. So anything that kind of just adds to the epic failedom of what's happening down in the Lakerdom is 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 music to my ears thus thus far. So, um, you know, eventually you guys will probably figure it out. But in the big picture, it's probably not a, a non-issue, but... When things are not positive and things are just kind of falling apart, all of these things tend to blow up a little bit more. And, you know, all the dirt just kind of pops up when when things are crashing and burning. And I guess just another one, like what you said last week, when it rains and pours and it's just another issue that's coming up with laker dumb. yeah sorry it's bro. not, that kind it's of not a good look but i do th- like i agree it's it's just gonna it's gonna blow over 
uh, at least with Genie Buzz, it's not something that's really relevant to the fans or relevant to the team. It's not going to tear the team apart. If anything, it's it's there's a lot of behind the scenes things that happen for any competitive uh, environment, and this is a competitive environment. There's 29 teams. Everyone's jockeying for position. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants market share. Everybody wants Dude. yeah. Everybody wants that piece of the pie, and they're greedy for it because it's a business. So. That's my yeah. final take on it. Before you go into your second quick hitter, hit us up with it. All right. Bay quick take number two. One of the biggest things that's happened within the past week is free agency opened up for the NFL. And I think we discussed it before, but the Niners have been kind of posing a lot of their efforts trying to acquire a few big names. Uh, names like Antonio Brown is bandied about. Uh, close to free agency, even OBJ, Odell Beckham, was actually in play. Um, and there was a lot of buzz here, man. People were like, oh, my God, we're going to get a superstar wideout. OBJ, AB, it don't matter. We we just want some, uh, a wideout for Jimmy G. But when it happened, when all the fireworks exploded, um, the Niners didn't make any big offensive additions. So they didn't get AB. They didn't get OBJ. So there was a lot of sort of... Uh, disappointment associated with that just because we were, we're not getting the offensive tools for Jimmy G to to excel with that said the Niners did end up picking a few key free agents on the defensive side they picked up uh, this guy named D Ford and this guy named Quan Alexander so D Ford's from the Chiefs I believe he's a defensive end and Quan Alexander is a, a linebacker I don't really know these guys that well. I'm kind of behind a little bit on the NFL. You know, it sounds like I play fantasy recently. So, but apparently these guys are really, really solid defenders. D Ford was actually pro football focuses, one of the top sort of edge uh, defensive players last year. He had a lot of uh, uh, forced fumbles, sacks, what have you. And I think, you know, after the disappointment of not being able to acquire some high profile offensive players, um, the focus has shifted, at least, um, with a lot of the discussions on Niners improving their defense. Fact of the matter is the Niners sucked. Um, they had some few, uh, a few key players, but they had a lot of holes. Yes, offense was a big void, but defense was also a big concern. And I do feel like they've addressed some of the biggest concerns. Um, they were very, very poor in terms of uh, pass rush and just being able to be a threat to, to quarterbacks. They didn't really put a lot of pressure. We got sliced and diced by a lot of QBs. So picking up these two players actually was a good boost to the defense. Uh, and the NFL draft is coming up soon. We got the number one, number two pick. Um, and it seems like uh, Arizona is targeting a QB uh, for the number one pick overall, Kyler Murray, who spurned the A's, interestingly. Um, so the number two pick, ha- I mean, it's a, it's a deep defensive draft. So there's been a lot of discussion with uh, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Quinn and Mil- Williams. Um, so, I mean, football is big. And, you know, a lot of people are really interested in uh, with, with football up, up north here. Um, so, um We'll see what happens with the NFL draft. Defense is looking a little bit better. Offense still looks weak. <laughs> Can't put it any better than that, but we'll see what happens. Maybe they can pick up, pick up some good players. LA take. Are you ready for the LA take? The Rams? We ain't worried. <laughs> we ain't worried. You, what wideouts do you guys have for the Niners? 
dude, I just, I, Dante Pettis second round <laughs> pick. We can sh- did, did, I um, think last year it's just a bunch of was there any? I mean, Jimmy G was hurt. I I, I don't know if any wide receiver top five hundred yards. I don't even know. Like there, there was some stat on that. Um, I'm not. I don't know for sure, but yeah. there was some ridiculous stat of one wide wideouts not really getting past five hundred yards, which is pretty bad. But yeah, Jimmy G's gonna be back. It'll be it'll be different. The AFC West will be a little bit more. Uh, NFC West will be a little bit more wide open, um, in terms of yeah. the division with with SF Niners coming up, um, with a couple signings, and I, I they need an edge rusher edge, edge rusher bad. So Nick Bosa would be really would be a really good addition. We'll see how the draft goes. Mm-hmm. But what up with the Raiders, bro? That's a knockout team. Oh, Antonio oh, Brown. Yeah, they they cur- yeah, it, it's a good point. The Raiders did pick up Antonio Brown, so I, I I was remiss to mention that. I'll tell you this: the Raiders are moving to Vegas, and I think they become somewhat of an afterthought in the the Bay Area. They're just like, dude, they're bouncing anyway. These guys, they had their opportunity to stay. So a lot of people outside of hardcore Raider fans, which there are some from LA, actually, from their time there. A lot of the NorCal fans, at least casual NorCal fans, are just like, man, screw the Raiders. They're bouncing anyway. They don't want to be here. So I'm sure there are some hardcore Raider fans out there, and they'll support their team wherever they may be. Good luck to them in Vegas. But for the most part, it's just like, they're going to be out in a year anyway. Yeah. So from the Bay Area perspective, it's just Niner country. Sad to say that. I really, I don't mind the Raiders. It's kind of cool that I actually picked up. Um, yeah, but, you know, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, real talk, it is kind of sad because the Raiders, for a long time, have been associated with Oakland, and they developed a really strong fan base there. So it is sad that they're leaving. It is cool that they picked up Antonio Brown. It is kind of a messy situation, the whole ownership there, and John Gruden running the show that year was just complete. I don't know, it was devastation. I mean, his contract was huge, high expectation. Derek Carr having a trash year and them training Khalil Mack. But anyways, not to go further deep into it, the Niners, their prospects do look up. Um, so we'll see how that division plays out. It'll, there'll be future topics, Rams and Niners coming up. Uh, I don't think the Rams are too worried right now, but we'll see how the season plays out and how the draft plays out. But for my second LA quick hitter, we're going to go back to Genie Bus a little bit uh, because this one is a little bit more relevant in terms of these ridiculous rumors and what's going on and kind of the nightmare PR season the Lakers are having, which is there. I think Rick Buecher reported that Genie Bus and some upper management considered trading LeBron James. <gasps> wow. Word. I yeah, know it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Either Rick Buecher has no credibility at all. Which I I don't know. Does he have any any credibility anymore? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I've I've heard of him before. He does have. It's he's no Woj. Yeah, no, he's no but, Woj. You know but, I mean? And if anything, a lot of it these days it's hard to tell because there's a lot of things that are very just clickbaity. It's like, hey, LeBron James, yeah. rumored to be traded. You you're gonna get clicks. For me personally, this this is a non-story, but I kind of had to address it because it was talked for a while on um, the sports news circuit. And it just makes zero sense that the Lakers would entertain training, trading LeBron James at this point. For whatever you would get from him, you're not going to get any equal value or close to equal value. Why would you trade LeBron James a year after you signed him, regardless of how much 
drama, quote unquote, that he brings. It would just be stupid. <laughs> you spend all this time and effort in recruiting him, and you're gonna trade him after one bad year. Yeah, it's bad. It's just the the rumors are flying around. There's no control. The there's no sense of control that the Lakers have right now. And even though Clutch Sports and there's a lot of criticism with Clutch Sports and how they handled the Anthony Davis situation, and even if Laker upper management is annoyed with it, there's no way they're、mm. gonna trade LeBron James. So I just want to close the door on that. I don't know if you. The Bay Area cares any of this. In fact, you guys are probably just reveling in it more. LeBron James drama、yeah. blowing up in his face, right? That's a good way to put it. We're kind of reveling in it, just because. I mean, I do feel like, you know, the fact that they, I mean, with all the tampering BS that had been happening prior to that, it's just not a good look altogether. And I'm sure the the Lakers aren't a fan of it. And it's just kind of actually Draymond signed with Clutch Sports. Jeez, that might actually be something that、Welcome、we'll have to, to deal with. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Oh man,、um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, it, if anything,、uh, my take is, you know, it seems like the relationship between the Lakers and Clutch Sports aren't in the best of terms. And I know they were pursuing Anthony Davis really hard. Like, it just seems like there's a lot of barriers that need to be broken in order for whatever the Lakers want to do and whatever Clutch Sports wants to happen. To actually be a reality, and it's just all of these just add up to just even more complexity. And you know, someone's going to need to be the adult and just say, "Hey, you know what? Forget all of this BS, and you know, let's talk business and just do this the right way." It's just not a good look altogether, and you know, it just reeks of like a poorly run organization. And I don't mean this in terms of the Lakers or. Clutch sports specifically, but it's just not. It just doesn't seem right. Like the politics with which all of this is handled is just not a good look. So、um, it's kind of a shit show, dude. So I don't know what's gonna happen. We're reveling on it as long as it doesn't affect us. We're.、Cool. It might affect you guys、That's... soon because Draymond、uh, signed to Clutch Sports and his free agency will be coming up in no town, no time.、Uh, so we'll see. We'll、yeah. see the the power、Jeez. of Clutch Sports. Does it touch everybody? But yeah. Um. To my final point is. They gotta clean this up this summer. This summer is gonna be really important. They gotta clean up everything. Whatever leaks or these things are coming out, you gotta keep in house. You gotta protect the organization and do business the right way for yourself, for other players, for future、um, business transactions. You gotta build a good reputation. So moving forward, let's get into your deep dive. Go ahead. Yeah, it's actually a good segue because my deep dive is Steve Kerr and da 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 Draymond. Um, I don't know if you caught、uh, this news, but you know, a little bit over a week ago or whatever, the 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 Warriors lost to the Phoenix Suns, which is basement of the NBA. <laughs> they're a developing team, and they, you know, they're. I think they may even have the worst record. I don't even know, but they're a doormat.、Um, so it was not a good look for the Warriors. And during this game,、um, a lot of the cameras caught Steve Kerr. Uh, in the huddle as the game was expiring,、um, and they lip read and they were able to catch him saying something like, "Quote: I'm so fucking sick of Draymond shit." <laughs>、um, and obviously, you know, as you've seen with the Lakers, when things are not doing well, everything blows out of proportion, and the coverage the next day, 
uh, in the Bay Area, and I, I even think nationwide was talking about this this little this little issue, right? Um, I didn't see the game as I was uh, I, I was traveling at that point in time, um, but it seems like um, what uh, what the lip sync was in. I, I I don't think it has been determined if that's what he said specifically. I think I could I could see that that could potentially be what was being said, um, but it seems like. Uh, people were speculating that Steve Kerr's reaction or comment was based on LeBron's histrionics with the refs. As you know, Draymond has no problem expressing his opinions, period, (laughs) especially with the refs. And half the time, you know, if he's going up for a layup and someone touches him, he's shouting and one. And he's really demonstrative when he's talking to the refs. And I think out of the frustration of this loss, he was barking as usual to the refs. Um, so what's interesting about this is this isn't the first time that Steve Kerr and Draymond had a, a kerfuffle. Um, you know, throughout our run, there has been a little bit of friction between Draymond and Steve. Um, I distinctly remember in... The 73-9 season uh, in 2016, there was a big, big incident where they were playing in OKC. Um, and um, I think at halftime, the Warriors weren't playing well and they were playing catch-up. Uh, KD wasn't even part of the team. And uh, apparently one of the, um, the, um, the sideline reporters caught Draymond and Steve having a really, really, really emotional conversation in the locker room where Draymond was saying something like, I'm not a robot, blah, 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 blah. I guess Steve was trying to rein him in to play within the system and play his game. Um, And it seems like that was really a contentious uh, altercation where the people had to restrain Draymond. There were even reports of like OKC police being in the arena, being on standby just in case things escalated, right? Um, uh, so this isn't the first time where there's been sort of this outright friction uh, with Steve. Um, and obviously during that season, Draymond gets uh, suspended in the finals. Um, so, you know, a lot of his histrionics essentially, you know, just comes into highlight at the, big, the bigger the stage, right? And, you know, if you're with part of the Warriors, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, eyes on you. Um, so this has happened before. It might even have happened in a, a, a more, I guess, uh, not larger scale, but more more intensity before. Uh, yet the Warriors have been able to kind of get past that and channel Draymond's fire and still win. They still have three rings with him. Um, so it's it's an interesting th- thing that I want to kind of, just kind of, you know, give a background for. Uh, my overall take with is with, with this is, um, you know, will the Warriors be successful without Draymond? How, I, I, I mean, I just have more questions, right? I love Draymond. He's the heart and soul of the Warriors. In many ways, if he doesn't play, we struggle. I want him to be a part of the Warriors, but there's just a lot of baggage that comes with him when when he's a part of your team. He's one of those players that you hate if he's not on your team, but you love him when he's a part of your team. And I love what he's able to do with the Warriors. We would not be the same without Draymond, right? Like, we don't win any of those rings without his presence. And it's just been 
really interesting to see all of these instances and how we've been able to kind of deal with each situation and still kind of be able to to limit it to a point where it doesn't blow up in, in front of our faces. But I am kind of curious whether or not we can maintain this. Like, you know, I'd like to think that he's learned his lesson. And I do think Draymond has shown a little bit of maturity over time and he's learned to kind of control his emotions. He hasn't been racking up as much text as he has been in 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 years past. Uh, but he still talks a lot, man. And like half the time, I'm just like, I'm like, bro, it's a regular season. Just, you know what I mean? Just kind of just just let it go. Let it go. But I mean, it's easy for me to say. I mean, he is his own person and that's the way that he plays. Like when you're on the court, you really just kind of, you know, you do you, you are you are who you are. You do you. And that's Raymond. And matter, you know, I'm willing to live with it. So I think given our recent success, um, um, beating Houston and beating OKC, the story kind of went by the wayside. If we didn't win those games, you know, I think that the story might be bigger. However, we won those games and the focus of the, the, the whole situation has kind of, you know, gone the other way and focusing on the positive one thing that I want to say is that Steve actually didn't really uh, deny what he said. When he was asked about it, all he said was, he joked that, oh, that's what you guys got out of it? All I said was, I beg to differ with Draymond's approach. So that's the genius of Steve Kerr, though. Even on a really bad situation, he's able to kind of put a spin on it to make it either funny or humorous, just to kind of maintain... Um, control of the team and still make his point so i don't know this is really sort of an interesting thing um and this is what i'm going to say to it i i think draymond is this uh, I, I first want to preface what i say he is a great player his defense is unworldly the amount of effort he puts into every play and the passion he plays with is cannot be questioned but his divaness and not his unapologetic way of playing in terms of his attitude and how he treats just the game and his with his teammates is very diva-ish. You're part of a team. Yes, you can be a hothead and sometimes your passion helps the team, but at the same time you have if you've worked on any team setting, you you know you're the sum of your parts. Yes, maybe you might be more important than other parts, which he at the end of the day really he isn't more important than the whole picture. Steph is more important than him. Clay is more important than him. You could argue Kevin Durant is more important than him. Think about it. Would the Warriors be who they are if you got rid of Steph and you kept Draymond? Or you got rid of Clay and you kept Draymond? Like, no. If you had to choose, Draymond would be gone. And you're going to have to choose at some point. Unless the Warriors are made of gold and money. They're the iron bank which they aren't sure they'll be moving to a new stadium, but they're not going to pay all these people max contracts unless they're really nonstop winning. And he's the supernova that's going to explode. And do you want to be part of that explosion? Or are you going to get rid of him before he explodes? I say get rid of him. Why keep him around? Is he really that important? He's the one that wanted to recruit... Hell yeah. Let me ask you. He's the the one that wanted to recruit KD. 
because he was like, hey, you know, we need yeah. to bring you on team. And then he goes at him and says, we won without you. That's <laughs> that's BS, right? If 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 I got recruited and then you 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 were like, hey, join us, join our team, be part of this great culture. We're gonna win with you. And then later, when when shit hits the fan, when times get tough, you throw me under the bus. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I would say that Draymond is just as important as all of those. Uh, having watched all of those players, arguably, I mean, if I had to make a choice, Steph or Draymond, it's hard to say that you would. It's hard to pick Steph against that. But in terms of Clay and even KD, Steph is the culture. Steph is the culture. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. But Draymond is like. He's the heart and soul, man. He dictates the tempo. He dictates the the ball movement. He dictates the the defensive sort of intensity. Yes, Steph facilitates that, but like Draymond is multidimensional. Yes, he may act like a diva, and yes, he may talk a lot, but he's not the one sitting at the end of the bench, <laughs> you know, while the rest of the team is, you know, just by themselves. You know what I mean? I don't know who you're referencing. Draymond's in the mix. He just loves winning so much. He's so competitive that he's an asshole. You know what I mean? Kobe was like that. Michael Jordan was like that. To the fact that he would alienate other people. But Kobe and Jordan are argued as the Mount Rushmore of basketball. Draymond's never going to be on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. It's like you give certain exceptions to people who have insane Mm -hmm. talent. That's the only time you give people mm-hmm. exception. I'm asking you, does he have that insane of a talent? Is he worth the headache? For for the Warriors, I mean, we wouldn't be winning those rings without And him. let me ask you this. One more question, all right? Because it, we have to move on. The Warriors wouldn't win the title with... Uh, the, you're saying they're not, they wouldn't have won the titles without him. Do you think he will be the reason that they mm-hmm. won't win titles in the future? His personality. His, his time bomb. We already lost one with with him because of him in many ways, right? So I wouldn't dispute that as a possibility. But you just kind of you kind of take the bad with the good, and we need his fire. Honestly, I've seen games where he hasn't been a part of the team, and it's been flat. And it just you kind of just have you got you gotta ha- you gotta take the bad with the good with him. I do hope that he's able to rein it in, um, and. But I just don't know if he can do that. And we'll see what happens, man. I mean, will he be able to stay with the team long term? He probably wants to get paid like those Mount Rushmore players. I don't know if we will. Um, But he understands his value with the team. And we understand his value with the team. And it's just going to be a very interesting situation once once that comes into play. I'm I'm, I'm saying all this stuff. So I got my popcorn and I'm I'm ready. He signed with Clutch Sports. And now I'm like, sign with us, Draymond Green. We need your passion. Yep. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with that headache. But you know what? If you sign, he signs with you guys, you guys might win a whole lot more games than what you guys have right now. I mean, Draymond's a winner. I, I agree with that. He is a winner. I, I agree with that. I do think it's a tough, it's a tough call whether to say if he, is he worth the trouble and the headache and Steve Kerr I'm sure he's had a lot of sleepless nights um reining mm-hmm. him in but we'll see I'm I'm optimistic about the Warriors chances I do think he will likely be the reason why their run comes to an end because 
we've we've talked about this over time. The third year or the whatever, the third fourth year of a championship run, if you're going for a three P, that's the toughest year, and that's when people's personalities really start grading on you. And this is the ultimate test this year. Um, we'll see if the Warriors can push through. We shall see. Yeah. We Actually, shall you see. know what? Instead of doing my topic today, I think we had a lot of lively discussion. I'll save my deep dive for next week. So I just want to thank you guys for listening. We're trying to alter the format a little bit to have more back and forth because that seems like we wouldn't want to do the Bay vs. LA really hone in on that. I hope, I hope that translated through this episode. We're going to keep working on it. I don't know if you have anything other other to say before I close it out, JC. Yeah, anybody I got suggestions for like butt hurting <laughs> strategies to kind of help that out? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. And just, you know, we're, we, we've been listening to a lot of the feedback that we've been getting. And we're definitely trying to incorporate a lot of the um, improvements and, uh, and, and, and input from folks. So um, thanks for listening. We hope you continue listening. And uh We'll be trying to give you guys more interesting takes and tidbits about the differences between Bay and LA. So hit us up on Gmail at ballverselife at gmail.com. Follow us on uh, Instagram, ballverselifeofficial, and give us a rating or review. That really does help. We sincerely do take in all feedback and make small little micro adjustments when we can. So thank you for listening. Tune in episode 5 next week, Wednesday. See you guys. Later. Peace.